This is Sam Anderson, lead pastor at Central Church. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And to keep up with everything happening in our faith community, visit centralchurch.cc. It's the first Sunday of 2019. And so um, congratulations, you're in church. You've already made a good decision this year. That's awesome. You're off, you're off to the right start. Right, you're on the, off to the right foot. Whatever that's, what's that statement? On the right foot, off to a good start. Right. Um, but it's a new year, so with the new year, you guys know this. There comes a new focus. There comes a new energy. There comes a new, uh, you know, new goals, new resolutions, new priorities, uh, a new aim. You're saying, all right, I got a, I got a, a fresh slate here. I'm going to do this this year. I'm going to accomplish that this year or whatever. And so at this time of year, you know, my inclination is to go, 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 go. That's just sort of my natural bend, my personality, um, if you will, is to just go, 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 go. I don't let grass grow under my feet. I am constantly moving, constantly doing something. Maybe it's the way I was raised. Maybe it's part of my personality type or whatever, but I'm like a, I'm like a get stuff done kind of guy. Like uh, this past week, my wife and I had a staycation here at our house, which was incredible. And you should see how clean both of my garages are. I mean, spot. I almost wanted to like open my garages as you all. I live next door over here. I almost wanted to open them as you walked in so you could see how great and clean they actually are. And you should see just all the different organizations. We, we just do, 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 do. That's my sort of natural bend. It, it's, it, it comes with this idea, though, that like if you're going to jump off a cliff, I like jump and then kind of see what's at the bottom. You know what I mean? Are, many of you are probably the same way. Some of you, not so much so. Some of us are planners by nature, right? Some of us are planners. Uh, maybe it's our personality. Maybe it's the way we were raised, whatever. Some of us already have like a six-month plan of how we're going to reorganize the furniture in our living room, right? We're like, you're not, it's not that you have to buy anything new. You just have to plan for when you move the stuff around, Right? You gotta have every detail and you're measuring and you're making charts and graphs and you know you have a whole PowerPoint presentation to show your spouse and your roommates or whatever, and it's gonna take you six months uh, to do sort of thing. Or if you're coming up on a transition uh, in your life, you like to know every single detail of the transition before it's even considered. Right? You're a complete and total planner. And that's a beautiful thing, but it also comes with it, there's potential that we could potentially stand on the edge of a cliff before we jump off and plan it so, 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 so much into so much detail that we actually never jump, right? I mean, that, that could be a problem. But then on the flip side of the coin, there's the people like me that are the doers, right? We've already rearranged the living room three times in 2019, and it's only January 5th, right? We don't need no plan. We get it all in the middle and then see where it lands, right? And there's, it's just a totally different approach. We're ready to get in and get going and get moving and get it done and all that kind of thing. But those are the type of people that could potentially, like I said, get to the edge of a cliff, get ready to jump off, and then you jump and you're not prepared and you don't have your parachute and you don't know what's at the bottom and you kind of just dive in. I see a bunch of elbows going between spouses here. This is, this is great. This is great. But here's the deal, guys. The magic is in the intersection of them both right? The magic is in the intersection of having, having the um, audacity to jump out and to do something and to try something and, and to follow and to go somewhere new and to accomplish things. It's to have the audacity to do that, but to also have the, the preparation and the provision of being ready to accomplish what you're aiming to accomplish, right? That's where the magic happens. That's the beauty. That's where the, where, where, where the, the beauty 
and, and lies. And so today what I want to do is I want to spend a few minutes looking at a spiritual discipline that sort of serves as a preparation to accomplish what God has called us to do or who God has called us to be. I want to spend a few minutes looking at a spiritual discipline of essentially getting on God's page. Not necessarily fitting God onto our page, but putting ourselves on his page. Rather than planning God's will, like as a kid, I don't know, did you guys, as kids, did your churches or whatever, your grandma's church or whatever, ever plan a revival and schedule a revival? Anyone? Yes? Is that not an oxymoron? Like we're going to plan for God to show up on these dates when this speaker comes in and then it's going to be this great outpouring of God because we scheduled it. It's just so strange. Rather than planning God's will or rather than picking a direction and going and then saying, okay, now how can I brace God into this and how can I fit God into my plans and into where I'm going? Rather than doing all that, I want to look at a spiritual discipline that takes us and puts us on God's page, takes us and inserts us into God's plan rather than trying to insert him into our plan. So let's pray together, and then we're going to talk a little bit this morning about prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. And fasting is this interesting thing that I never really understood growing up. So we're going to spend a few minutes this morning kind of talking about it and what it looks like and how it applies to us as Christ followers. So let's pray together. God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you what you have already begun to do in our hearts, in our spirits, and in our lives this morning. God, I pray that as we open your word that you would allow it to speak truth to us. I pray that that truth would, would, would take seed in us and bear fruit. I pray that we would act as a response to what your Holy Spirit gives us today. God, please just, just open our minds and soften our hearts. Make us receptive to what you have today. God, we love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. So growing up, fasting was a bit confusing for me. I was raised in a uh, uh, hyper-charismatic Pentecostal church, you know, a uh, faith tradition. And so fasting was always one of those things that, that we're supposed to do, but you're not really allowed to talk about it, right? Has anyone else experienced that sort of thing? It, that's how it was for me. It was like, it was like, yeah, fast, fast about it, fast about it. But then when you're fasting, it's like this top secret uh, CIA operative sort of thing that I'm not allowed to tell anyone that I'm doing, but everyone's supposed to expect that I'm doing it, but I can't talk about it. And so it got this really like weird stigma with me. I, I felt weird about fasting, but I knew I was supposed to, but I didn't really know how, and I didn't feel like I could ask questions on how, because again, you're not supposed to talk about it, because then you're like a Pharisee or something, right? And so it was this crazy thing to me growing up. But fasting is essentially this. Let me just go ahead and put it out there. Bare bones, bare minimum, foundation of the discussion. Fasting is simply abstaining from food or drink, but now in the modernized context, it's, it's other things too. It doesn't just have to be food or drink. People fast from social media, they fast from television, they fast from any sort of distraction that's keeping them, uh, you know, distracting them from God. But it's essentially abstaining from food or drink to focus on prayer and seeking God's will. That's essentially what fasting is. It's denying self to be more receptive to what God has for us. It's this sort of specific designated time period, usually with a specific focus or a specific idea or a specific petition to God, where one denies themselves to seek God. It's setting ourselves aside and saying, God, what are you trying to tell me in this situation? God, what are you trying to do in this area of my life? God, where are you trying to take me not necessarily where am I going and bringing you along. 
Does that make sense? So it's this consecrated time where we, we set ourselves aside, we deny ourselves in order to make ourselves more receptive to God. Now, when Jesus was on earth, walking with the disciples, this wasn't necessary for Christ's followers. In uh, Matthew chapter 9, verse 14 and 15, John's disciples, who they were following this dude named John, his disciples asked Jesus this question. They said, how is it that we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? He's saying, we do this thing called fasting, where we consecrate ourselves, set ourselves aside to hear from God. But why is it that your followers don't do that? They asked Jesus this. And Jesus responds. He says, how can guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, then they will fast. It's this idea Jesus is basically saying, he's saying, listen guys, here's the deal. Fasting will become a necessity for Christ followers. It will become necessary. It will become important. It will become a thing that Christ followers need to do, but that's only once Jesus is no longer physically with them. Jesus is like, I'm here now. They don't need to fast and pray to get direction from God. I'm God, here, now, right? And so Jesus is saying, right now, you don't have to do these things, but when I'm gone, it's going to become a necessity for you. And we see this transition begin to happen even at the Last Supper, when Jesus is sitting there with his disciples before the crucifixion and all this stuff, you know, they get up in the, in the room and they're having this, this last supper, the Seder meal, and he breaks script and starts talking about all this stuff. Uh, Jesus says this in Luke chapter 22, verse 35 and 36. He says this, he says, he's talking to his disciples, he says, when I sent you without purse, bag, or sandals, did you lack anything? He's referencing back to when he, he uh, sent his disciples out to do ministry. And he says, don't take an extra cloak. Don't take all this extra stuff. You're, 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 you're be provided for. Everything you need will be taken care of. You don't have to worry. You don't need provisions. You don't need preparation. Just go. Right? Jesus says this. So, but now he's sitting at the Last Supper, and he's talking to his disciples because he knows he's about to leave them. And he says, hey, when I sent you out with nothing, were you guys cool? Like, was everything taken care of? And they answered, Nothing. They said nothing. We didn't lack anything. We weren't missing anything. We were completely taken care of. But then Jesus responds to them and he says this, but now if you have a purse, take it and also a bag. And if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. Jesus is saying, listen guys, things are shifting here. Your preparation and your provision for ministry and for following God and being in relationship with God, things, the times are a-changing is what Jesus is essentially telling his disciples at this point. He's saying, you didn't, before you didn't need provisions or preparation because you had me. You had Jesus here. So that wasn't necessary. But after Jesus' departure, the entire dynamic would change. The entire thing would be flipped around and changed. The disciples would need a different type of preparation and a different type of provision for them to stay in alignment with God. For them to stay in alignment with sort of God's will for them, what God has called them to do and who God has called them to be. And so fasting would be a vital part of this preparation. Fasting would become a, an essential part of staying in God's will, of focusing on God's will, of hearing God's voice and God's direction in our lives moving forward. And so this idea of biblical fasting, though, is different than medical fasting or health fasting, right? So I don't want you to be like, oh, I'm doing a biblical fast because I need to drop a quick 20, right? That's, that's not the idea. <laughs> Medical fasting is this idea of like, you know, before surgery where they prep your body for, uh, you know, anesthesia and all these things because it like relaxes your body and when certain things relax and you have food inside of you, it can get gross, 
right? Get real gross real fast. So doctors don't want to deal with that. So they're like, hey, don't eat for 24 hours before the surgery because we don't need to see all your business on the table while you're passed out, right? That's the idea. Well, the same thing with health, right? We fast for certain time periods or fast certain things or do all this stuff for health reasons. Hence, an entire full plate of donuts in the lobby, right? That's unheard of around here. But we're fasting certain things in our lives because we're trying to lose weight or we're trying to do like a total body cleanse and cleanse all the toxins and, you know, whatever the case may be. These, these things are cool. These things are great, whatever. But biblical fasting is different. Biblical fasting is about a perspective. Biblical fasting is about an attitude. What biblical fasting does is it, it exemplifies our attitude for spiritual hunger. Biblical fasting exemplifies our attitude for spiritual hunger. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. That's Jesus talking. So biblical fasting is this consecrated time spent seeking God, denying ourselves, and seeking him, and seeking what he has called us to do, what he has called us to be, and how he has called us to live. And so I want to throw out kind of four quick ideas, sort of uh, a launching pad for us to experience this biblical fasting, for us to experience this in our lives, sort of four like tips or keys to success or however you want to say it, so that you're able to kind of interact with this thing and, and kind of make it happen and do it sort of, do it some justice, if you will, okay? So the first thing, the first thing we need to understand, the first thing we need to wrap our heads around when approaching biblical fasting is sincerity. Coming at this thing with a sincere heart, with a sincere attitude, with a sincere posture and perspective, okay? It's coming at this thing saying, God, I am truly denying myself to seek you. And coming at it with sincerity. Yeah, we can say that lip service all we want, but having our heart in the right place, having our mind in the right place, being in the right posture, coming at God and saying, God, honestly, I want what you want. I'm not fasting so that your ideas align with my ideas. I'm not fasting so you can bless what I've already decided, decided in my heart to do. It's coming to God and saying, God, I want to get on your page. I want your voice to speak louder than my voice and my thoughts. And so coming at biblical fasting is coming at it with sincerity, with honesty in your own heart. You can tell people whatever you want to tell them, but you know you know if you're just praying for God to bless what you've already decided or if you're honestly, truly coming to him and saying, God, what is it that you want me to do? Who is it that you want me to be? What do you want me to accomplish? Not what I want, what do you want me to accomplish? So the first step is to come at it with sincerity. The second thing is to come at it with humility. And these two kind of go hand in hand. Coming at this thing with humility. Listen, we don't fast so that we can show off or be super saved, or be these like high and mighty awesome Christians. Look how religious and spiritual I am. I've been fasting for seven weeks, right? That's not the point. That's not the point. Jesus actually talks to that in Matthew chapter 6, verse 16. He says, but when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men that they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. Listen, fasting is a time that's consecrated between you and God. You don't need to walk around and tell all your friends, hey guys, I can't go to lunch this week, I'm fasting. Okay, me and God, me and the big G-O-D, we got it going on this week, so you're gonna have to do Taco Bell without me because I'm fasting. Everyone, I'm fasting, right? 
That's not the point, okay? The point is not for everyone else to know that you're fasting. The point is for you to deny yourself and get in a communion with God, get in connection with God. It's between you and God and denying yourself and making yourself available for him to speak. It's asking him for alignment. It's asking him for depth. It's asking him for growth, right? It's denying ourselves and coming at him in a place of humility saying, God, speak. God, lead. God, direct. Please. So we come at God with sincerity. We come at God with humility. And then, guys, our motives have to be right. You can't say, okay, I'm coming with sincerity. I sincerely want to hear what God has to say about me buying this brand new car. Guys, your motives have to be correct, right? Fasting does not serve as like your spiritual genie in a bottle, right? I'm going to fast and pray, and then God's going to deliver, right? I'm going to fast and pray, and then all of my wildest dreams will come true. I'm going to fast and pray, and I'll finally meet the woman of my dreams or the man of my dreams. I'm going to fast and pray, and I'll finally get that promotion. I'll finally get that new house. I'll finally get, I'm going to fast and It's not a genie in a bottle that you can rub and come to God, and then he just automatically delivers. That's not the way it works. It says, Isaiah talks to this in chapter 58. He says, is not the kind of fasting I I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice and unite the cords of the yoke to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe him and to not turn away from your own flesh and blood? It's saying, listen, fasting needs to be for righteous reasons. That's the whole point of this thing. The whole point of this thing is to get on God's page. The whole point of this thing is to come to him and say, God, I have an attitude of spiritual hunger. I'm denying myself to make myself available to what you're trying to do in my life and around me and through me and all over. God, what are you trying to do here? So we need to come with sincerity. We need to come with humility. We need to come with the right motives. And then the last thing is we typically need to come at this thing with a purpose. We need to have a purpose in mind. We need to come at this thing maybe with a specific object or a need or a purpose or a direction, right? Maybe you're going to pray and fast because you want to be closer to God. And you just need a time period where you shut down the noise and you shut down the distraction and you need to get with God and hear God's voice. Maybe that's the purpose and the direction of your fasting. Maybe for you, it is a new career decision. You know, you're unhappy where you are. You feel an unction to move. You feel an unction to do something different. You make a big change in your life. And rather than just jumping in at it and then adding God later, sprinkling it on like some salt or whatever, right? Rather than taking that approach, it's starting at the front end and saying, whoa, 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 I'm going to pause. I'm going to see where God's at, see what God has for me. Then I'm going to move, right? And so maybe you come at fasting with that sort of thing. Maybe it's family growth decisions. We're thinking about having kids. We're thinking about adopting kids. We're thinking about fostering kids. We're thinking about expanding our family. It's something that we want to do, yes, but have we set aside some time and said, God, is this what you want me to do? Is this where you have called us to go, who you have called us to be? Maybe it is trajectory decisions, huge life changes. Maybe it is, you know, something massive, or maybe it is something just small. Whatever it is, you need to come at it with a purpose. Again, this is not health fasting and medical. This is biblical fasting. This is saying, God, I have a spiritual hunger for you, and I want to know where you want to lead me, where you want me to go, how you want this to go down. It's, it's, it's critical that we understand this, that we come at it with sincerity, that we come at it with humility, that we come at it with motives in the right place, and we come at it with a purpose. And so maybe you're in here this morning, and you've never fasted before. 
Maybe you fasted because there's a bunch of donuts out there still, yes. But you've never come at this thing from a biblical perspective of saying, God, I'm going to deny myself and I'm going to seek you and what you have for this next chapter of my life. I'm going to seek you for maybe what you have for me in 2019. I'm going to seek you for what you have for my family. I'm going to seek you for what you have for my career. I'm going to seek you for what you have for me in my life. Maybe you've never come at it like that. And maybe you just need to spend some time, some focused time to get on God's page. Say, God, yeah, I've been calling you the shots and sprinkling you in here left and right. But really, I just need to pause and see what you have for me rather than what I have for me with you sprinkled in. And so maybe you need to spend some time to stop trying to fit them into your plan and realize, man, God, I want you to fit me into your plan. What do you have for me rather than what I have for you? And so maybe you need to spend some time in that. Maybe you need to spend some concentrated time of prayer and fasting for maybe this next year. You've already made all your lists of resolutions and all your goals and all your everything, and that's great, but maybe you need to spend a consecrated time of saying, God, okay, I got all these plans, but what are your plans for my life? What are your plans for me in 2019? Who do you want me to be? What do you want me to accomplish? What are you working on in, around, and through me that I'm not even aware of that I need to be made aware of? What are you really doing big picture in my life, and how do I get on board with that. And so we're going to do something cool here as a church. This, this is a uh, sort of a two-week series, but we have three gatherings in this, in this discussion series, okay? This morning, we're kind of launching it. We're talking about basically what fasting is and how we can sort of apply it to ourselves. Wednesday night, this Wednesday night, uh, we're having our vision night. And this is where we're laying out our vision for what we feel God has called us to do and who God has called us to be as a church leading into 2019. And some of the things that we've been preparing for for a few years now, we feel like God is calling us to kind of step out in faith and make it happen. And so we're going to talk about it on Wednesday night, and it's going to be awesome. We have, we have some worship. We're going to be, be singing some songs together. We're going to discuss what we feel like God is doing in Central Church over this next year. And then we're also launching our community groups, which is the opportunity for you to get involved here at Central. We have community groups for all kinds of different things that fit your interests, and it's just an opportunity for you to hang out with each other, to build relationship with each other, and to follow Jesus together. And so if you can at all, if it's at all possible, please try to be here on Wednesday night, because we got some big news, we got some big things going on, and we need you to be a part of it. But we've been praying, and we've been seeking God as a staff and as a community for a long time for God to bring some things to fruition, and so we feel like it's time. And so we're going to be talking through that on Wednesday night and what it's going to look like over the next year. But then also next Sunday, we're going to continue these discussions and we're going to talk about our church vision abroad and what that looks like and what corporate and communal fasting looks like as well. Because yes, it's a personal thing, but it can also be a communal thing. And it can be a corporate thing that we share together and we unite together in prayer and fasting and focus together petitioning God for his leadership guidance and direction. And so here's what I want to do. We have these, these three gatherings over the next two weeks, but I want to call our church. I want to challenge our church, our faith community. Those who are in this room, those who just listen, who are not here today but are going to hear this on the podcast, I'm challenging you too. Those who just listen to the podcast and don't even come physically to hear, I'm challenging you too. But I want to challenge us to 21 days of prayer and fasting as a church. 
20, we've never done this before here. We've never even really talked about it much here. But I want to challenge our church to 21 days of fasting. That's three weeks. Starting tomorrow. I don't want to screw up your lunch plans today. Okay, starting tomorrow. Go ahead and pound those donuts on your way out, okay? But starting tomorrow, January 7th to January 28th. And like I said, this can be... This can take any shape that you want it to take. Come at it with sincerity. Come at it with humility. Come at it with with your motives pure and some purpose and direction. This can take any shape. Maybe for you it's, I'm going to skip lunch every day. And instead of the time that I spend eating lunch, I'm going to spend that time in prayer and seeking God. Maybe you're diabetic and you can't do that. Maybe you got health reasons, whatever. Maybe it's, hey, I'm going to fast watching my favorite shows at night. Rather than spending two, two and a half hours watching TV every night, what if I spent that amount of time in prayer and seeking God? How different would your week look if you spent 10 hours in prayer rather than 10 hours watching TV? There's a little, little kidney shot for you guys. Think about it, really. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's social media. Maybe it's Facebook. Maybe it's Instagram. Maybe it's Snapchat. Maybe it's whatever it is. I want to challenge our church to fast something over the next 21 days. And here's what I want to do. I want to spend this first seven days, week one, from, now, from, from tomorrow until the following Monday, I want to challenge you to do a personal fast. Fast for you. Fast for what God has for you. What does he have for you in 2019? What does he have for you in your family? What does he have for you in your career? What does he have for you at work? What does he have for you? How can you get on God's page? Spend the first week doing that. (coughs) And then after our discussion next Sunday, I want to challenge our faith community to spend the following two weeks fasting and praying for this church fasting and praying for this faith community, for what God has called us to do and who God has called us to be. So the first week is designated, consecrated, get on God's page. What's God doing in my life? A very personal thing. But then the following two weeks, I want all of us to come together as a community and to fast and pray together for what God wants to do in and through us over this next year. Because God's created something special here, man. God's done some really, really cool stuff within this building, within the people of this building, within this community, through you guys and your interpersonal relationships with one another. I mean, God's doing something cool here. And so I want us to spend some time getting on his page and saying, God, how can you leverage what you're doing here exponentially? What do you want to do in and through us and around us over this next year? And so 21 days is what I'm asking for. I'm challenging you to. I'm going to do it. The lead staff is going to do it. And so we would encourage you guys to join with us. We'll have social media posts. So if you're fasting that, I'm sorry. Um, we'll, have, we'll have email posts. We'll talk about it at our gatherings. But we'll try to encourage you guys and challenge you guys and edify you guys over the next 21 days. But I want to challenge you. Week one, get with God yourself. Fast and pray for yourself, your relationship, what God's doing in and through you. Week two and three, prayer and fasting for our faith community. Because I really, truly believe God can do something incredible in your life if you consecrate yourself to him and set yourself aside and and come at him with an attitude of spiritual hunger and saying, God, do something in me. Work in me. I'm here. I'm available. I believe that God can do something incredible in and through you. And I believe that God wants to and can and will do something absolutely incredible in our faith community over these next 21 days. I truly believe that. That if the people in this room get serious about getting on God's page together and seeking him for the leadership and guidance and direction of this church, guys, this can be a game changer for us. I really, truly believe it can be a game changer for us. And so I want to invite you. I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you to join us in this. 
Again, we'll put, we'll put information out as it goes on, but I want to challenge and encourage you to join us over the next 21 days. But for these next few moments, as the band leads us in one, one final song, I want to encourage you to seek God what and how he wants you to fast. What does he want you to set aside so that you can seek him and so you can hear his voice clearly? Seek and ask God why he wants you to do that. What's the purpose? What does God want to see in you and done through you? And then seek God on what he hopes to accomplish in you and in this faith community through this fast. Because God wants to do work. We just got to kind of get out of the way and let him. So let's pray together. God. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and you experience life change. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but still want to support this faith community, visit our giving page at centralchurch.cc. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes.